Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. Follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And please follow, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting outlet. Uh, it's The football season is upon us. This is the week one preview, your special standalone episode this week, getting the transition into in-season episodes. Uh, there won't be a... Five things this week. Uh, we did that a few days ago. So this will just be the week one preview. Moving forward, we'll see all of that stuff in the episodes moving forward, starting with week two and onward throughout the season. So, Russ, let's talk about football season. The Sunbelt era is here. It's time to put uh, the men on the field and get some things done and see where all these predictions and episodes and deep diving into the roster what comes out of all that, right? We've got, right. Some, we've got some questions. We've got uh, more questions than answers at this point. So we've got a week one preview with Norfolk State coming to town, the Spartans. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day. It's currently scheduled for Huntington, West Virginia, Saturday. Kickoff is Saturday, of course, September the 3rd at 3.30 p.m. If you're not going to be able to make it to the game and you have ESPN3, you'll be able to watch it. Uh, the weather right now is calling for sunny and the mid 80s at kickoff with no chance of rain. So there is absolutely no reason not to turn out to the game if you are anywhere near the Huntington, West Virginia area. It is also Hall of Fame weekend in Huntington. We are going to see nine new Hall of Famers get inducted into the Marshall Athletics Hall of Fame, notably Going along with the football theme is all-timer defensive end Vinny Curry and young thundering herd head coach Jack Lingle. Uh, the, I remember when you talked about that when this announcement was made. If you would have asked me at any point, is Jack Lingle in the MU Athletics Hall of Fame? I'd have been like, yeah, of course. Sure he was. That was, I mean, that is mind-boggling to me that it's just now happening. It's one of those Mandela effect things, you know, <laughs> and I, I swear that he already has. I think that I attended the one that he was inducted in. You know? <laughs> so the, if you haven't made ticket arrangements yet for the game, um, you can go to HerdZone.com and secure some tickets. You can call 800-THE-HERD and order over the phone. Uh, there, there are some seats still available, but as we draw ever closer to kickoff, there are going to be fewer and fewer seats around. There are a lot of firsts for this game, Russ, a lot of firsts. This is the first game of the Sunbelt Conference era for Marshall. Uh, this is the first game of the Clint Trickett Offensive Coordinator era. And this is the first game of the Henry Columbia Quarterback era. So there are a lot of things to be excited about. There are a lot of, like I said before, question marks surrounding this game. What will the herd look like? How fast will they play? How pass heavy? How run heavy? How mm -hmm. fast and aggressive will we be on defense? All of these hows, what's, who, when, where's, and why's are going to be spit out there leading into the kickoff on Saturday. And hopefully a lot of those questions will be answered as we sit and watch the herd dominate the Spartans in the opener. 
ESPN loves the herd in a home game against Norfolk State with a 99.3% chance to win. Insert the Lloyd Christmas gif here. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there is a chance. Uh, all-time record, Marshall is 1-0 against Norfolk State, a 45-7 throttling back in 2015, a game that saw then-quarterback Chase Litton toss four touchdown passes, and all-timer running back Devin Rockhead-Johnson rushed for 122 yards and one touchdown. Last season, Norfolk Southern was a Norfolk Southern Norfolk State was a six and five team. Uh, they they were a team of streaks. They opened up with a two game loss streak, then ripped off six straight wins and ended the season on a three game skid. How will that translate to twenty twenty two? You got me. Uh, the Spartans will be replacing their all time leading passer, quarterback Jawan Carter, and haven't named a starter among a quintet of candidates. Uh, their coach actually in a article written just a few days ago, it's quoted as saying, this is head coach Dawson Odoms of Norfolk state. Who's entering his second season says, we really believe we have some guys who are competing for this job, but we are probably not going to name a starter until game week or right at the kickoff. So it's a great battle taking place, and we have some guys who are fighting for that job. Ergo, we can't give you the player to look out for from the quarterback position because it's not out there. Um, we can talk about some other guys, though. Here's a few other guys that Herd fans may want to pay particular attention to that put up some numbers last year for the Spartans. And let's start on offensive with running back number 15, J.J. Davis, five foot nine, 172-pound redshirt sophomore he's a Cincinnati transfer he returns as the leading rusher uh, from 2021 with 887 yards on 123 carries that's good for 7.2 yards per carry and he found the end zone 10 times uh, put a circle around number 15 a couple of wide receivers to take note of number five wide receiver Daquan Felton Six foot three, two hundred and five pound redshirt sophomore. He was the number two wide receiver in twenty twenty one with twenty eight catches for four hundred and ninety two yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, another wide receiver to take note of, number ten, Tremaine Talbert, five foot eight, one hundred and eighty three pound redshirt junior, number four wide wide receiver in twenty twenty one with twenty catches for two hundred and seven yards and one touchdown. Uh, on a defensive side of the ball, there's a, a handful, well, just two guys, really. Uh, they they suffered a lot in the way of graduation. A lot of their impact players graduated last year. So, uh, number 11, linebacker Tyler Long, 5'11", 222-pound redshirt junior, returns. He was, in fact, the number one tackler from 2021. 78 total tackles, 35 of those solo, three-and-a-half tackles for loss, one-and-a-half sacks, one pass breakup, and a forced fumble. Uh, and then number 28 defensive back RJ Coles, the five foot 10, 193 pound redshirt junior. He was the number two tackler in uh, 2021 with 56 total tackles, 30 of those solo, half a tackle for loss, two INTs, two pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. By way of graduation, uh, Norfolk State lost 14 and a half quarterback sacks off of the defensive line between two guys. Uh, defensive lineman 
Deshaun Dixon and defensive lineman Chris Myers both exhausted eligibility and are now gone. Nobody on the roster from 2021 had more than two sacks after those guys. So a huge production drop-off from the defensive line. Um, I don't know how that will translate versus what Marshall's looking like this year, but we like what we're seeing out of the offensive line, and we know that uh, Henry Columbia is a little bit more mobile of a quarterback than Grant Wells. Kalen LeBourne is a hell of a load to try to bring down, and even if you can and he needs to take a breath, you got Mr. Payne coming right in behind him with the classic neck roll ready to run right through you. So good luck taking down those guys. Uh, Russ, before we get into what the herd needs to do to win, what does this game look like to you? What When you think about it, what does it feel like? I think it feels like the lambs getting ready to come to slaughter. <laughs> and I think that uh, it is unfortunate for them that they are coming here losing some of their best players beforehand. Um, not that I think it would have made a difference on them winning or losing. Uh, I think top to bottom – generally when you're playing different divisions like this it is extremely rare for those teams to win it has happened before it's happened to us here in our own stadium against if i'm not mistaken new hampshire Mm -hmm. the deal though is top to bottom the depth chart uh, they'll have some outstanding players but then as the game goes on, they just get worn down and no one's there to replace them, things like that. Size usually comes into factor, speed, strength, that sort of thing. However, losing such a good quarterback that they had there over 2,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, it's going to be hard to replace. And I have a little inside scoop that says those five guys, the coach would name who it is, but neither none of them want to go up against this Marshall defense. <laughs> Nobody wants to see Owen Porter bust out the six-shooter celebration against them, and I hate to tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and that's why I think it's going to be a little bit of land of the slaughter if they are putting in an inexperienced quarterback that it's not a definite. I mean, look, they don't need to be coy with who it is that they're putting in here. I don't think that this is any kind of trickery so they can get an upper advantage against us you know, by surprising us with who they're putting in and we get a game time starter and we're just like, oh no, we've lost. You know, I don't think that our game plan is going to suffer that much. I think that they are in a world of hurt with not having a dedicated QB one this late in the game. I know we just named ours, but it's a little bit different situation. Yeah, it is. It, It is a, it is a huge difference in situation. Uh, when you run down the roster from Norfolk State, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven total quarterbacks currently on their roster. And it is freshman, freshman, redshirt, freshman, redshirt, junior, freshman, redshirt, freshman, sophomore, freshman. So, well, I may might have been an extra freshman, but you get the point. There's a yeah. five of the seven are um, redshirt, freshman, or freshman, one redshirt, junior, and a sophomore. So it it doesn't spell well. I'm going to say it doesn't spell confidence. You know, if you're a Norfolk State fan, you've got to be thinking, "Who man?" Yeah, kind of like we talk about a lot with the potential matchup here going against Notre Dame. You're hoping to have a good showing and come out healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they opened Norfolk State opened 2021 with two 
uh, FBS teams. They played uh, Toledo and Wake Forest last year. They gave up over 40 points to both of them. Yeah. So, uh, Wake Forest was a good team last year. I, I would be lying to you if I told you I knew how good Toledo was last year. I it doesn't matter to me, but still, that tells you, you know, the 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 talent gap is, is across the board from top to bottom is just kind of kind of large. So, and that was taken into account that they had two guys that accounted for 14 and a half sacks across the defensive line, and those guys are gone this year. So, look, let's talk about what you think the herd has to do to get a win. Give me two, three, four bullet points, um, and uh, we'll just alternate talking about what, what the herd needs to do to get this dub. Number one, limit turnovers. If uh, they have any kind of a chance, talking about Norfolk State, of staying in this game, it would be because there are just some extremely unfortunate turnovers giving them a short field or pick sixes or fumble recoveries where we're talking about 14-point potential swings of us get driving to score. We don't because there's a pick six and they get seven points on the board, 14-point turnaround right there. So limiting those should be the really only thing that we should have to do. I don't see us getting outplayed by them, but that would be my starting point because it's the most prevalent. Yeah, you almost want to say that goes without saying, right? But I just think quickly and recently back to the game against Middle Tennessee we referenced a few days ago where the herd had a buttload of turnovers and still only lost the game by like six points. Right. So um, with the aggressiveness that we think we're going to see out of our defense, even if we you know, are minus two, in the turnover margin, uh, or even minus three, maybe as long as those aren't pick sixes, like you're saying, or, or scooping scores, I think Marshall could go minus two, minus three in the turnover game and still, still win relatively easily. It's going to take catastrophic turnovers, like you're saying, for that yeah. to happen. Yeah. It, and, and that is what I mean. You're just talking about limiting mistakes. Uh, yeah. one, you, one, you want to do that anyway in every game, you know, but two, that's a heck of a way to keep somebody in it if you have two of those. It's a big difference. Yeah, it sure is. My number one thing that the herd needs to do to win is just keep it all in front of them. I mean, really, that's it. They don't have to do anything special. They don't have to do anything flashy. I don't think that this Norfolk State team would be built to go for long, sustained drives time after time to go down and get scores. They might string one of those together, maybe even two of those together throughout the course of a game. But with what we think Marshall's potential quick strike offensive capability could be to answer a touchdown with a quick touchdown and then force Norfolk State to have to go all the way back down the field to score again. I think you're just going to run out of clock before, you know, you can keep it competitive enough to to sneak out of Huntington with a win. So as long as they keep it all in front of them, you know, don't give up the busted coverages several times or, or you know, that fluky 80-yard rush up the middle type thing, I think they'll be fine. You, they They just – they just need to play sound defense and, you know, throw it to the right color jersey on offense and keep hold of the ball. So what, what's what's number two for you? Number two is not try to play the way they're going to play against Notre Dame and our conference schedule against Norfolk State. Uh, I think this is not as much about a competitive, we need to do this to win. But again, don't be trying anything that, you need to do maybe against a better opponent. Just keep it simple. Let your natural strengths outweigh their perceived weaknesses that we see here on depth or they don't have a quarterback per se, you know? 
number two for me is what I'm calling work through the kinks, right? We've got a lot of new, we've talked about, you know, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, Ali's out. He's not going to be in the game. Uh, we're, you know, we like to think as fans that the coaches have figured out the right five and the right spot for the offensive line. But we, as fans, don't know that until we see them play. So even if there are kinks, just continue to chop wood, continue to work through it and wait and, until it smooths out, right? This isn't a team that we're about to face to where you have to make the most of every possession in order to win. This is not, to me, going to be a hard-fought tooth-and-nail game, and that's no disrespect to Norfolk State. We're just on two different levels of competition and uh, roster build and depth. It's just, it's different. We we are lucky enough to be afforded the luxury of not having some things go right for a while and still be ultimately okay, right? So mm -hmm. just work through the kinks. Don't get nervous. Don't get excited like, oh my God, nothing's working. Don't panic. Just keep calm. And like I said in point number one, keep it all in front of you. What do you got for number three? Well, the final thing I would say is to, I mean, you don't want to play like skittish or anything, but we definitely want to come out of here with everyone's health intact. Yeah. So uh, make sure that you're protecting that quarterback, blocking, doing this. Just everyone needs to come out healthy, uh, both getting as many reps as you need for that full game time, but also, you know, I fully expect us to have some second and third string, get in there and get some reps. We want to get everybody to get those reps and keep everyone healthy and fresh going into Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to actually skip my third point and go to number four so that I can piggyback off of what you said. And I said the herd just needs to out-athlete Norfolk State, and that plays into the depth like you're talking about. Uh, keep fresh legs coming in. There's no reason to, you know, make LeBorn have to carry the ball 20 times. Doesn't need to, you know, when you've got – You've got Payne and you've got uh, several other incoming freshmen that could probably just use a little game speed action. Guys you may need to rely on later in the season. You might as well let them get in there and get hit a couple of times and see what they can do for you. And uh, I would also expect to see a decent dose of Cam Fancher and maybe a little bit of Pete Zamora in this game as well. You know, there's just no need to you know, risk anything. If somebody gets slightly dinged up, twists an ankle or, you know, whatever, they're not going to go back in this game. There's no need to risk your season, you know, to, to cruise to a 30 point victory against Norfolk state. It's just not going to happen. So uh, while we want to see the scoreboard lit up, I think you have to be okay with utilizing this game to see what you have out of some guys that haven't seen a lot of game time action up to this point. Now, my last point, which was going to be my third, is I'm going to have a little fun here. I say we just let the freaking wide receivers feast. This is a, a point that I've made over and over again in position group breakdowns and spring ball. How many teams are we going to line up against whose fifth best corner is better than our fifth best wide receiver? This ain't one of those games. So our wide receivers, tight ends, should be able to feast in this game if they want to. If Clinton Trickett wants to open it up, you should see with relative, um, like, I don't want to say relative ease, but like like happening all the time, there should be somebody open, mm -hmm. relatively open. And if, if, even if they're not open, open, they're definitely not locked down. 
Okay. I think that you'll see a lot of uh, yards after the catch and a lot of separation too from our wide receivers versus their defensive backs. Generally, that is one of the areas, and I know that you're aware of this, but defensive backs in the lower levels, not everybody, people can give me all the examples that they want, but by and large, their defensive backs are just outmatched by Division One. FBS wide receivers, Mm -hmm. especially someone with some size. And we have some size at our wide receiver ranks. Yeah. And you talk about wanting to, you want your DB one lining up against Corey Gamage. I mean, awesome. That's a great challenge for him. (laughs) That's a great challenge for your defensive back, right? And even if you want to move him over to cover Robinson or Keaton or Ahmed, I mean, how many, how many guys do I have to go down the roster before you're like, man, it doesn't get any like, (laughs) Does this depth give up any? Not really. No, they're going to go really deep, and they will be—they will not be afraid to exploit you. Um, I said this before when we were talking about—I uh, don't know—it might have been the quarterback position group breakdown where we were talking about um, why would you ever change what's working for you, right? If if you can't stop the pass, well, then don't stop passing. I mean, there's no need to put abuse on. You know, LeBorn, if you're already down a running back, there's no need to put a, extra hits on Payne or any of the any of the other guys that might see action if they can't get within 10 yards of your wide receivers. I mean, I'm sure Marshall would be happy to put up 70 or 80 points, but I don't think we'll see that. I'm just saying I'd like to see a little fun out of these guys. I'd like to see this wide receiver room break out in a big way. So that are that are our keys to victory, and I think we didn't even touch on what the defense needs to do because, well, We'll see what they I think they'll be fine. I uh I see the opposite, the inverse, I should say, what we just spoke about against our wide receivers, against their defensive backs, but their inexperienced quarterback, no matter who they threw in there, versus our very good defensive backs is going to be a problem for them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I talked about us limiting turnovers. It could get ugly and out of hand if they don't protect the football by throwing some pick sixes our way with our guys taking them to the house. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's just talk about what our defense might do. Does this give the feeling to you to where they might do what I said and just say, you know what, we'll just we'll play our base and we'll see what these guys can do. We're not going to take any chances. Or do you say, you know what? Screw that. These guys are going to pin their ears back and they're going to get licks on this quarterback and they're going to see how many of those guys they have to play in order to get some effective movement out of the ball. What do you think is going to happen? I think you're going to see some swagger. I think you're going to see exactly what uh, the coach has been talking about with the, uh, the violent and disruptive defensive line. I don't think that they're going to flip off a switch. I think you're going to get what they get. Mm -hmm. It's just how long will those starters be in there? If it gets out of hand quick, you may see some guys getting some reps and some time in. Yeah, we should mention, again, it's not what we think we will see. It's what the herd has to do to win. And in order for the herd to win, I think all they have to do is play play base defense. But what will I see? I think early, you're you're right. We'll see some aggressiveness. We'll see – uh, we'll see these guys get tested to see if if they stand tall or if Marshall's just gonna be able to run through the line, come around the edges, you know, or even if they'll be able to see a safety blitz come in there and just lay licks. I mean, they're gonna test these guys. We've got speed across every position on the defense, and speed is the great equalizer. So if this offensive line is enough to snuff for Norfolk State, 
they might be seeing QB two and three. I'm just saying it's, it, it has happened in the past. So look, let's talk about who we think, who you think uh, might be the player of the game. The guy who's going to bust out in a big way might have the ugly, nasty, big stat line might have the big defensive effort might just go is just going to go off in some capacity for until we might come up with something better. Let's just call him the Thundercast player of the week. Who do you think that's going to be? Give me one guy, either offensive, defensive or special teams. Man, I this is one of those games that it's going to be hard because you're like, you know, do you take the guy with 200 yards receiving? Do you, take, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because right away when I'm thinking about this, uh, my mind immediately said Stephen Gilmore. You know that he might have you know three interceptions against a freshman quarterback that might be the starter. Um, I immediately thought of Kalen LeBourne just running wild against their defense. And I thought of Brian Robinson, who is not one of the, you know, you immediately think of Gamage or Keaton or, mm -hmm. or someone, or even Jaden Harrison as fast as he is. But uh, I think there's going to be a coming out party for Brian Robinson at some point, And this might be that game. However, mentioning all those people, none of them are the first one on my list. And that's Henry Columbia, our QB one. I think he has something to prove. I think that he comes out wanting to prove and throws for four or five touchdowns and just lights them up and is also sitting a lot in the second half and getting some reps for some other quarterbacks. I'm I'm with you. I love that pick. Uh, I had a hard time because I don't know how long we'll see, you know, the first string in there. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if Marshall comes out and goes up 28 to nothing really fast, and is there really a need to keep – no, there's not. No, you might as you've, well, already, you've already seen what they can do at that point. Yep, you might as well get Fancher in there and let him get some real playing time. You might as well get some of these freshmen in there to play. You might as well get Payne in there to get some carries. I mean, you might as well do that. Get all these guys that you may need to lean on later in the season to get some game action. But I guess when it all came down, uh, I like you said, I think he has something to prove with Henry Columbia. I feel the same way about LeBourne, and that's who I picked because I think he's like, you know what, I'm an RB1. Even though this team has the great running back in Rasheen Ali, I am still an RB1 caliber player, and this is his opportunity. The opportunity has fallen right in his lap to be the featured back week one when at every point up to this, up to this point, this has been Rasheen Ali as RB1, right? It just has. It's his, You're not going to put him on the bench with 1,400 yards under his belt. So LeBourne sees this opportunity, and he's like, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off, right? So I don't know how long he'll be in the game. I would, I would say easily the first half, and then when you start to make some personnel decisions uh, based on the score and what things look like then. But I just think he's going to come out and dominate. I mean, he might not have the opportunity to have a huge stat line. I don't think you're going to see nothing like 200 yards rushing in the first half or anything like that. But I think you're going to get enough to go, okay, we've got a we've got something really, really special brewing here in this herd backfield. So give me Kalen LeBourne to go along with your Henry Columbia. And boy, oh boy, if both of those guys go off, heaven help the Spartans. Yeah, I really foresee us – post game having to make a tough decision on who the player of the game actually is. <laughs> and again, I'm not taking any anything away from Norfolk State, but um we're talking about two levels of depth here. Yeah. You know, and it's just they're not even the elite of the FCS 
you know, so I don't know. It, it's not going to look that pretty to me. Well, at least you're not pulling any punches. Do you have a score I, prediction? <laughs> I do. Um, 56 to 14. Holy moly. Yep. Wow. You are not pulling any punches. I do not uh, like no. it to be nearly that high. Could you, uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't need to have an explanation of how you get to 56 to 14 because you think it's just going to be an utterly dominating effort. Yeah. Um, I've got 38 to 10 because I think we're going to see some second and third stringers probably earlier than we anticipate. I think we will jump out to that big lead. I think this game will be well in hand by halftime. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we'll necessarily see a lot of scoring in the second half more so than uh, getting some guys some meaningful playing time in a game. I, I could see us even at the second string getting in 42 points at half. I honestly could. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I to me it just feels like the offense won't be as smooth. It'll probably still be able to move the ball um fairly easily, but I just don't think it'll be as smooth that some of these drives won't sputter because of a drop pass or, you know, bad yeah. communication or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, well, these things happen, but uh give so me 38 before that, we're going to have a bet between you and I. Whoever oh. gets closest to it owes the other one a free per country logger <laughs> right from the tailgate deal, yeah. deal. <laughs> all right uh any final thoughts around this game before uh we close out this just standalone episode no i think that uh we've said everything really that that you can say uh if we play the way that we should play this is two totally different levels of teams it should be out of hand we should be getting a good look at the second, third string. Uh, we should be also getting that kind of hype in the stadium of, hey, here's Marshall scoring. This is back the way that we hope to to do it. So other than that, man, we just hope for no injuries. Oh, yeah, of course. We want everybody to come out unscathed because at the end of the day, we have you know bigger fish to fry than getting one win in the opener we think that win will come fairly easily it's a it, it's being able to continually check the boxes as we go along the season you know win the sunbelt east win the sunbelt conference go to a bowl game potentially upset notre dame like all these things are are bigger moments than just an a week opener win or an opening week win but look my, here's what i want to say about the game it is freaking football season baby like the sunbelt era is here we're trying it's time to put people on notice that martial football is not just alive and thriving but we are back we are on the road back to real glory like racking up wins you're not going to roll into jonesy edwards stadium and just win anymore like this is our house and we're trying to take back more ownership of that house we're seeing that across several facets with the stadium redesigns and mm -hmm. reallocation of tickets and new energy surrounding the program we've upgraded things it, it, it just, painting washing whatever it's like it's new and to go along with that we've got to have ourselves a championship caliber team to cheer on and um before all that of course we've got thundercast live that's going to be going on it's going to be a great time we hope to see everybody uh, that's in and around huntington that listens to us to stop by hpt say what's up to us uh, grab yourself some stickers and whatnot and just hang out and talk herd football with us for a little bit until we go in and and um you know watch the herd dominate 
if there happen to be any Norfolk State fans that fall into this preview episode, you found it and you're like, hey, let's see what these guys have to say. We mean entirely no disrespect to your team. We are really hype around what Marshall's going to look like this year. We are really excited about how dangerous they could potentially be from top to bottom. And I will say this, if you're in town, we want you to come by the, the tailgate Get your belly full, have a drink with us, say what's up. You're always welcome at our tailgates. We will treat you well, and we will make sure that your trip to Huntington will be enjoyable. 100% to piggyback that, anyone from Norfolk State that is listening, I would have a much different tone and prediction if your quarterback and defensive line and some of the people that were very good players last year had not graduated and moved on. Yeah. It's just an unfortunate time to be facing us uh, when we are perceived to be up and you guys with your quarterback uncertainty and the loss of some of your players are perceived to be down. So, yeah, it, it seems like it's very much a rebuilding year for Norfolk state, new quarterback, several big playmakers across the defensive line of exhausted eligibility, wide receivers, one and three also either exhausted eligibility or just departed. I'm not sure, but you know, uh, there are some, there are some still some playmakers returning, but I just don't think there are enough of them to go toe to toe with the amount of playmakers that Marshall has yeah. uh, in this, per this particular season. So, uh, we welcome you to come to Huntington. We want you to say what's up. We'll treat you right. But, um, like I said, many times before from between the whistles, we will be mortal enemies. And then we will welcome you back after the game, no matter what the score is to, uh, talk with us some more. And, uh, you know, you know, get your belly full one more time, grab one more cold drink before you head back to the hotel. We'll give you a good dinner uh, restaurant recommendation, and, you know, maybe we'll see you out later that night. But other than that, we expect a herd dub convincingly. So, Russ, if you got any final words before we get out of this episode, let's have them. Otherwise, take us out. I do have some final words, and it all circulates around uh, Thundercast Live. Don't forget, folks, see us over at Huntington Physical Therapy's parking lot. We'll be tailgating over there early, probably around 10 o'clock or so, but 1030 is when we will kick off our live stream and we will have roughly 20 minute segments and then 40 minute breaks. But even during the breaks, you'll still be able to see us with the tailgate. You just won't have the talking head segments of KD and I and our guests that we will have. We want to see you tuning in. If you're out of state, can't make the game. And if you're around the area, and you can't make it over to the tailgate because you have your own, throw our tailgate on and enjoy. That's what we're here for, to kind of enhance your pregame experience as Marshall fans. That's right. This is all about enhancing the game day experience for Marshall fans, both locally and those that can't make it to the game. Uh, if you're wondering, well, hey, well, well, where can I find the Thundercast Live? I will have a link to the YouTube channel in the description of this episode. And if you go to the um thundercast twitter page just go to the profile there's a link to the youtube channel right there already ready already all you got to do is click it and hit subscribe uh, we'll be doing these throughout the season at all home games will be live in and around the stadium and for away games we'll be doing them either from our uh, home studios or at a watch party or around town or something like that but any way you slice it Thundercast Live will happen every single week to further enhance the Marshall fans' game day experience as we try to bring Huntington and Marshall game day a little bit closer to you if you can't get close to it. Russ, take us back out of here. 
One final thing before I take us out of here, I do want to say one more time that this week's uh, Thundercast Live, the food will be sponsored by Mountain State Farm. We'll have their social media links up all week long. You've already seen them on there. We're going to have them leading up to the game, and then we'll have them featured over at the game and the tailgate as well. All right, whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the dot, whether you see us at the vet playing some soccer, or whether you see us tailgating at Huntington Physical Therapy at 10.30 a.m. this Saturday for Thundercast Live. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. We'll see you. It's the Thundercast. It's freaking football season, baby. We'll see you this weekend. Later. Later. Later.